Hello and welcome to Tales from the Doghouse, Separation Anxiety Explained. I am Ness Jones. I'm in Australia from Separation Anxiety from Dogs Decoded. And with me today is the wonderful, the beautiful, the lovely... What? I couldn't hear you. You couldn't? Can you hear me now? It sounds like you were mouthing it. It looks like you were mouthing it, but you didn't. Because I couldn't live up to all your, um, I couldn't live up to all of those, those compliments you were throwing out my way. Um, okay. So today on our show, we are going to talk about, um, a little bit of maternal care, but mostly premature maternal separation and its possible effects on separation related behavior. So it's a little bit of a geeky one, but it's really interesting. Yeah, it is. Yes. It's um, so it, we wanted to talk about um, a research paper. Is it a research paper? It's probably more of a blog, I think. Um, yeah, I think it's more of a blog, but by a really solid person. Oh, my God. She's amazing. So Carolina Westlund, who is an associate associate professor in ethology, um, and her company is called Illis. Illis? I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. I don't know. I never yeah. talked to her in person, but I would love to. We yeah, she's she is amazing. I actually interviewed her for my first summit in July last year. So she's she's amazing. She's She's not a doggy person, though. She's quite upfront about saying that that she's she's mm-hmm. the focus of her most of her research has been with monkeys. Um, that's, mm-hmm. But she, she, you know, the stuff she comes out with is amazing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Highly recommend yeah. getting onto her website, and we'll have that link in the show notes for the the specific article that we are discussing today. Well, not just a specific article on for anything related oh yes behavior yeah yeah totally yeah totally because a lot of what I think they find when they are doing research is that depending what the subject is but across mammals and especially across social species that a lot of the same conclusions hold um whether it's rats or primates or dogs or you know, whatever. Um, so I think that that is worth saying that even though some of the articles that she, or some of the subjects she speaks about is not necessarily related to dogs, it still can be um, mm. related to dogs. Oh, definitely. So, and she is so wise, so wise. Um, okay. So, um, basically, um, there are kind of two pieces. There's the maternal care piece and there's um, maternal separation piece. And so those are both, um, uh, she's kind of positing that, um, that there, that's the propensity for separation related behaviors may be increased for dogs who either and either or, and, um, have poor maternal care conditions or are separated from their um, mother, like their dam, too early. 
um, so that the risk of separation anxiety is higher, not that there's like a one-to-one correlation, right? So just putting that up front. And um, there have been studies about, um, there's been like some really heartbreaking, actually, social isolation studies. And um, there's been a lot of quality of caregiving studies um, in rats specifically, I know, but I think they were doing, I was listening to a podcast and I really wish I could remember what it was at this point, but it was a podcast about, um, sir, well, they were looking at the maternal um, styles of uh, service dogs because it was easy to study them because, um, and there were, you know, a lot, a lot of them and they would follow the puppies. Um, and, um, so there is a lot to be said for, um, maternal care and, um, better maternal care resulting into, in to less stress sensitive offspring. Yeah, yeah. And just just um, so the uh, the blog post she wrote was in 2016 and it was called mm-hmm. Our Dog Separated from Mum Too Early. Um, and I guess she's talking about, um, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, look, we do have to discuss the fact that a bitch in that's got puppies on board, um, you know, if, if that bitch is in a state of stress and not not getting its needs met, whatever, you know, whatever that might mm-hmm. look like, that's not going to bode well for the puppy's um, ability to, I guess, cope so much mm-hmm. when they leave. Yeah. I mean, when they are born, <laughs> when they leave. Sorry. Or when they leave. But I find it really interesting what she, she says about the, um, you know, the age that we adopt pups out to their new owners uh guardians um and it's it's kind of i've already found it quite interesting in the fact that you know the 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 theory is if we if we send the pups out at eight weeks seven to eight weeks some some people Mm -hmm. breeders um Mm -hmm. and they bond with their new guardians but what she's saying perhaps is that are we um setting the dogs up for perhaps perhaps um having separation anxiety related or separation related behaviors down the track Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I just I think that's interesting and I wonder um if there are studies to to back up the increased bonding at that seven to eight week period because you know I have worked in in rescue and you know hardly any of the the dogs or puppies in the program are that young. And I find that they bond extremely quickly with even just the foster, much less somebody um, who's adopting them. And, and so I find that really interesting that the argument that, that, that people feel like makes the case for adopting them out earlier is that bonding one, because I, I just, um, I've not, I've not seen that be a problem. Um, and that's just my experience. So I just, I don't know um, if there has been any research to back that up. I, mm-hmm. I did a quick search and didn't, you know, didn't find anything that was um, 
that yeah. pup out at you. But that is a really good point. I mean, when a when a rescue, no matter what age, goes into its new home, yeah. I mean, they can bond very, very quickly with yeah. the new yeah. family person, what have what have uh-huh. you. So, um, yeah, that's I actually one. I actually caution a lot of like adopters yeah. to make sure that they're spreading the love. Um in those early days, because a lot of times they can attach like so strongly. Um, and, and, and that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing that they're attaching strongly, but just that they can also be okay with other people. Um, yeah. So that's I guess something. it depends what we're talking about when we say bonding as well, when we're talking about a puppy or, you know, is, I guess what they're, they're saying is maybe that a puppy that is with mum for that extra four weeks, perhaps, you know, up to 12 mm-hmm. weeks, is more indifferent about people when they go to their new home if they haven't mm-hmm. experienced other people. You know, if their main um, focus in life is dogs, is mum and mm-hmm. it's and then they go into a new home and they're like, yeah, people, whatever. And so mm-hmm. the human side isn't getting their needs met in the terms of, in the in the sense of, here's my new puppy coming into my home and, oh, my God, I want to love on it. And the puppy's like, yeah, I don't care about you. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, but she was also talking about, I mean, I think one of the biggest complaints or woes of, of new puppy um, parents is, the mouthing and biting. Mm. And I think she was also saying that a lot of times bite inhibition is more developed in the dogs that stay um, longer too. And that they tend to be um, more robust as far as stress goes um, and ability resilience, I guess, more robust um, in bouncing back from stressful experiences. So I think, um, I do think that's that's an interesting trade-off if you're thinking about it that way. Um, mm, mm. You know, having an anxious dog, robustness sounds really good to me. Um, and I think, um, you know, paying attention to that resilience piece. And, and that is something that you can develop. But if the um, kind of uh, stress system is already kind of sensitized, then even if you can um, make headway in making and helping your dog be more resilient, that system is already kind of primed in a way um, if the dog has a more sensitive um, system like that they're saying that could be that that is associated with um, either poor mothering or being separated early. Um, So I think some of it comes back to the breeder without sort of, I mean, A, they, when the puppies, before the puppy's born, mum has to have all her needs met, you know, Mm -hmm. stress-free environment, all that, that's going to make a big difference. But once they're well, you know, they also, the same applies. Um, And, and if, if we ask, if we are saying that, you know, puppies do better in terms of separation anxiety, if they're, with mum longer um and all those other things are met you know the stress mm-hmm. environments mm-hmm. early socialization if if we're worried about the pup not bonding well with in its new home then 
while it's not always feasible for the new guardian to visit the puppies after they're born, mm -hmm. maybe they're just living across the country or in a different country completely. Right. Um, perhaps maybe the breeder can then get, I don't, I don't know if this, I mean, you know, make sure the puppy's exposed to, is a con, is exposed to lots of things, including people and children and, you know, building mm -hmm. that confidence in the dog and et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's got to be there's got to be a workaround, I guess, if um, yeah, that yeah. bonding still occurs with the new home. But again, like as, mm -hmm. as you said, you know, with for, for example, rescues going into a new home, they do bond. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it, that, that's the missing link, isn't it? Like this, as far as we're aware, there's no studies on on that. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, I do think this is definitely one of those ideas to talk through and 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 do the what ifs and, and everything but the bottom line is that we do need more research on it to yeah. to know the the true effects but I did think one of the things that she was talking about in the article that I thought was really interesting was that um that with kittens they're kind of um sensitive period um for for being exposed to things and socialization and development and, and that sort of thing is like two to seven weeks. Um, but most people rehome kittens when they're 12 weeks. Um, but with puppies, the critical window is, is longer three to 12 weeks generally. Um, but we send them home at seven to eight weeks, which I do think is changing a little bit. I do think that there are some addition, some more breeders that are looking at benefits of having the puppies until, um, let's say 12 weeks. I don't, I haven't heard programs talking about 16 weeks, um, but 12 weeks is something that I've heard more um, breeders talking about and just realizing that that is the puppy's critical window. So if the breeder isn't um, doing any of the socialization type stuff, then that, you know, what does that trade-off look like? Right. Mm -hmm. And and so we really do want to make sure that um, if you're getting a dog from a breeder, that you're asking questions, right? I think that, you know, you, and most breeders, I think, you know, want the best for their puppies. There are some people that are in it for, you know, the dollar bottom line, but let's assume that, you know, most people are, are in it because they love the breed. Um, and, you know, they love the puppies and, and raising them and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, not all breeders are, are equal. Um, some pay a lot more attention to, you know, making sure that the there's good genetic matches. And um, like you said, that the, um, that the mama dog is, has her needs addressed and is, is not um, stressed and um, that the birthing process goes as, you know, as easily as possible. And that, um, the, that their early experiences of the puppies are um, positive. And um, there are programs like Puppy Culture, and there's another one that I can't remember the name, um, that help breeders with like kind of a step-by-step -step, um, developmental milestone <clears throat> 
um, you know, if your puppy is doing this, these are the types of things that could help long-term um, as far as socialization and just um, building resilience and that sort of thing. Do you have puppy culture? Have you heard of puppy culture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, it's a good program. Um, I think one of the things with that blog post of Carolina's is um, I read some of the comments and there was one lady who is a breeder um, and she'd been doing it for years and she was originally sending puppies home, I don't know, seven to eight weeks. I can't quite remember the, the full detail. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I forget why, but she decided to start sending them home at 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And she said it was really interesting because um, <laughs> when she, before, like when she was sending them home, at, you know, to their new home at seven or eight weeks, um, she was constantly getting calls from the, the buyers saying, help me with this, help me with that, help me with this. Yes. And then she said, once I changed that and I started doing it at 12 weeks, she said, I never heard from them. She said, I had to ring them up and say, how's it going? <laughs> because the puppies were doing so much better. And I, I just found that yeah. really interesting. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a better way of setting both the, the new dog guardian and the, um, and the puppies up for success. But um, I also think we need to talk about genetics because there are some breeders mm-hmm. out there talking about um, that are breeding puppies that are genetically geared to be anxious, unfortunately, you know, breeding mm-hmm. bloodlines that they shouldn't be. Um, and, you know, there's some brilliant breeders out there, brilliant ones that, un, you know, mm-hmm. hip test, hip and elbow tests, and they make sure their dogs haven't got any defects. You know, they do the DNA tests and making sure their dogs are robust and confident. Unfortunately, there's some that uh, genetically the pups come out and they're already Get, potentially got that that gene in them that's going to be anxious and then there's the other ones that aren't providing the right stress-free environment for the bitch or the pup mm-hmm. um we're basically those ones are sort of setting the dogs up to fail unfortunately so i think the key mm-hmm. here is if you're looking for a puppy do your research <laughs> make yeah. sure you get to yeah. a, um, a good breeder yeah yeah yeah, because unfortunately, a lot of the anxiety-based behaviors aren't necessarily evident until like social maturation. And so you can have this puppy that, you know, seems fine and then, you know, come one or one and a half and, and all of a sudden all of these behaviors are popping up um, and you know, some of them like separation anxiety or react overreactions to other dogs or, you know, whatever it is are, can really impact, um, the relationship you have with your dog, your dog's welfare, um, you know, all of the things. And so it's, um, you know, you can never guarantee that when you, when you have a puppy, even if it, if the breeder has done everything a hundred percent correctly, um, you could still come out with, with a dog that does have those problems, but certainly, um, when you're picking out a dog, you know, I would make sure you're doing your research, do everything that you can ask a lot of questions to make sure that, um, you know, the part that you can control that you're being active on. Yeah, um, and there are studies that say that um, dogs that are getting the correct 
socialization, environmental confidence building, all that sort of stuff between the ages, mm-hmm. perhaps between the ages of five months and 10 months, are less likely to get separation related yes. behaviors. I mean, we might say actually from earlier than that, <laughs> but that's yeah, what but, this particular study focused on. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting that because that's kind of outside of what we would consider the the sensitive period or or socialization period or whatever you want to call it, it was a Bradshaw study um, that you're talking about. Um, But it's interesting that they picked that time period um, and and almost more meaningful. I don't know um, that that had a effect on. on the propensity for, for separation related behaviors. Yeah. 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 And I mean, if, if we're saying let's leave the puppy with mum up to 12 weeks Mm -hmm. and obviously ideally the breeders doing all those things that are in, you know, in a kind, in a safe way for the puppy. So Mm -hmm. it's not terrifying, Mm -hmm. but exposing it to a lot of different things. And then, so we're saying 12 weeks, um what's that's three months so there's still that two month window isn't there between the Bradshaw mm-hmm. study and but I mean obviously we still want to get that puppy out there and exposing it to to right. to life in a safe manner we don't want to mm-hmm. throw the puppy in the deep end it always right, actually, right. as a as an aside um you know, it always amazes me when we you know you've got a dog especially like a Labrador and they don't want to go in the water and mm-hmm. you're like but Labradors love swimming and it's because they have been thrown in the deep end, literally like, here, you can learn mm-hmm. to swim, <laughs> Throw, chuck the puppy. Yeah. yeah. And puppy panics. And then they don't want to ever go into the water again. Um, so yeah. I, I, um, we, when we, when we talk about socialization um, with pups, it's got to be done in a safe, kind way. So puppies not panicking, freaking out. Uh, and right. And having a therefore an adverse reaction to whatever it is for the rest of its life. Right. Yeah. Well, and and also like if you're thinking about it um, during that sensitive period, it um, it it just means that they're 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 more sensitive to learning, right? So they're like little sponges, and um, so one single bad experience can really take hold in a way um, that that maybe would and maybe wouldn't later on, right? Yeah. So you you need net less repetitions for learning, but those really bad experiences do tend to stick. So, you know, when we're thinking about exposing our puppies to things, we're wanting to do that, like you said, in a really gentle way and erring on the side of caution always. You know, you, if you're thinking that your puppy might be a little sensitive to sounds, you know, give them a lot of distance, turn down the volume when, when possible. Um, you know, don't take them to a street fair <laughs> um, because that's just going to be overwhelming and, and, you know, really not going to help your case. Um, but also that, was that, that also applies to home alone time, obviously. So mm-hmm. a puppy, we don't want to just see you later. I'm going out for five mm-hmm. hours or something. We do it gradually for a puppy and, um, because if you go out and your puppy freaks out, it's just going to make it harder next time you go out. So we don't right, want right. dog to be over its ability to cope in terms of threshold. Um, and so, mm-hmm. so when we talk about not exposing pups to to things that are going to be scary, that includes home alone time. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And I think that, um, I know that we hit this up a lot, but, um, set up a camera and it doesn't have to be like you go out and buy a camera, like even, you know, in those early days when you're just trying to make sure, you know, is my puppy okay with this? You you can set up a laptop with zoom on it or, you know, whatever. Um, if you don't already have a camera, I'm finding more and more people do, but if you don't have a camera, it's not that you have to go out and invest in one. If you don't necessarily, um, you know, if your dog doesn't necessarily have separation related behaviors, but it's always good. I just say with puppies, rescues, I, you know, just urge anybody to check in, um, with their dogs and, and make sure that they're okay because some dogs aren't as overt as other ones. And so you just might never know, um, you know, so anyways. Yeah, no, no, true. And I mean, it doesn't have, as you said, it doesn't have to be a cost thing, zoom, Skype, um, a Facebook live, just make sure you set it to only me, not public because people, Mm -hmm. but hopefully it's, it's, uh, yeah. What is this? Um, but yeah, hopefully, um, you've, you're doing it with two devices. So you've got one on Mm -hmm. the inside watching pup and you've got one with you. So you actually have it live as opposed to a recording after the fact, because if it's live, then you can assure your puppy isn't going over threshold and right over the ability it can cope um and mm-hmm. we have lots of episodes on thresholds don't we stacy and pu- and puppies and puppies, and puppies. Yes. yes yes um so yeah if you do have a puppy or even a new rescue which we also do have an episode on a rescue rescue dogs um i do think both of those dogs you know because they're a new dog to your home we really do want to make sure that they're okay with being home alone um Now, if your dog has, if there's like a big routine change, um, an existing dog that's been with you for a while, you have a big routine change or the dog is sick or somebody, something, you know, changes in the environment or the routines. I also think that's another good time to check in and make sure everything's okay. Or even if it's just something like every once in a while, the rug by the side door, like. Rowan will scratch at it and it'll get um, like wrinkled. So I can't, so I can't open the door. Um, And so that's a good time for me to then be like, "Hmm, was it just him kind of trying to make a comfortable bed for himself? Or is he starting to experience um, anxiety as it relates to home alone time? And then I would set up my camera to be at that door for, you know, the next few times I go out just to make sure it, it wasn't a trend. It was just like a one-off, like, okay, he was making a bed or, you know, whatever. Um, so anyways, that's also like, if you see something suspicious, that's a, another good time to check yep. in. Just to, as an aside, anybody looking at those old episodes, um, whether it's puppies or rescues or thresholds or whatever, some of them aren't on YouTube for anybody yes. that's just watching us on YouTube. They, they are in on the podcast episodes, though, so you can find them on all good listening apps or my website and I'm yes. sure Stacey's website as well. Yes, mine as well. Yep. Um, one of the things, getting back to the article that Carolina wrote, um, there was one thing that I thought was really, really interesting, and it was with um, monkeys. And and the monkey, there were some... Did you watch the video? That, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did watch the video. Yes. But that's not what I was going to say. There was a, um, monkeys. There was a study where monkeys were um, 
were taken away from the mother early. And I don't know anything about monkeys, so I don't know whatever, but this is what she was saying. And she knows a lot about primates. So um, she was saying they were taken away from their mother early, but they were with other um, monkeys, like their age, right? Like other young monkeys. Um, So they weren't, it wasn't like a social isolation type of thing, but they were taken away from their mother early. And she said, while they had um, good social skills, still those monkeys, they had extreme behavioral and physiological reactions to environmental changes like brief separations. So I was like, hmm. So I thought that was a particularly interesting piece, especially for us um, as a as a point to kind of chew on to, to um, I don't know, it, it, to me, it points to there being a stronger connection. There's also a um, paper, um, it was a 2015 paper by Tira and Lohi, um, about early life experiences associated with canine anxieties. And they did feel like um, there was a connection between um, maternal care and early separation. So um, it does seem like they're like, she was kind of looking at it as a, I think this makes sense that there would be a connection. Yeah. Carolina was, but I think there's also research to back it up. Although it sounds like there could be more detailed research in um, drawing that connection, maybe yeah. a little bit more clearly. Like, I think what one, is eight weeks versus ten weeks versus twelve yeah. weeks versus sixteen weeks? You know, and how much does um, you know? I know that um, breed size can like the smaller dogs tend to develop uh, mature faster than the larger breeds. So like how much does that come into play? And there's like a lot of really interesting things to think about there. Yeah. It was interesting part of, um, she talks about um, the mom dog, the bitch, um, you know, she doesn't want to keep feeding the puppies after eight weeks because they're sharp little puppy teeth. But Uh that doesn't mean she's not teaching them stuff still. So she's still right developing them to be good well-rounded dogs um yeah and i think it, she talks about the a wolf wolves of the wilds will sometimes regurgitate food for a 12 week old pup um mm-hmm. obviously it's their wolves aren't dogs but um yeah it's quite interesting just because the you know she they're not feeding the pups anymore doesn't mean they're not developing them um, yeah that's yeah i thought it was well. that that part was really interesting to me because it, it was like that seven or eight week part where she was the the dam was feeling more I'm done kind of behavior the puppies (laughs) puppies showed an increase in um contacting and care seeking behaviors around that same time so it's kind of that I mean we see it with humans too that kind of push and pull of you know um I guess just like the social species of being like one of them's like already and the other one's like not so much Um, (laughs) and that can uh, I'm sure like I don't know in dogs but definitely with people that can um vary over time and depending on the stage so um, I remember when I thought that was really interesting yeah when when Chase had her puppies she was um they were like chasing her around and she was running away from them in the backyard just leave me alone (laughs) yeah yeah you know because she she was she was ready to 
for them to stop feeding. Now, the interesting thing, I guess, is that we interpret it as in she's ready for them to leave the nest, but mm-hmm. possibly it's not like that. She's still got stuff to teach them, but it's right. just not, I don't want to feed you anymore. You know, we're going to have to yeah. do this. You've got yeah. sharp little puppy teeth now and I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, developmentally, yeah. she knows that you're ready to not feed off her, but, yeah, there's other right. stuff she can teach you. Yeah. I think that's a really important distinction too because like with people you know we would maybe stop nursing them at generally speaking I mean I'm sure it varies widely with different um, (laughs) I'm not going to give an age so we would stop nursing at a certain time (laughs) but it's not like then we they would be out of the nest no right yeah right like they would still be in the nest and still, so yeah. it, she had mentioned that with um social animals typically they live with the um group that they're born into um until sexual maturation mm. which is you know that that's like for dogs four to Six, yeah, yeah, depending on the breed. So um, that was an interesting point too. Like maybe twelve weeks isn't enough. Maybe you know, like it, like it just kind of blows your mind when you you start thinking about these things. But then the monkey thing that you were the video that you were just mentioning. um, (laughs) That's exactly what was happening, right? We're going to share the link for this blog post in the um, in the show notes make sure you check out the video that's embedded in it. It's very funny. (laughs) So what's happening in the videos for those who always need to follow up on the links, but it's like, you know, but then you get home and you're on to other things. What's happening is that there's a, um, the baby wants to nurse and the mother is trying to wean the baby. And so she's, um, she like tells him no. And this monkey has like a flat out temper tantrum like and everybody everybody all the other monkeys in the group are like some of them are like had their hand over their face did you see that I was like wow (laughs) so everybody else is ignoring this baby monkey and this monkey is like flat out throwing it like a toddler like a toddler tantrum is what this monkey is having so um but the monkey is still part of the group right so it's it's that distinction that we're it's talking about is like maybe, maybe when we see those behaviors from the dam about like, I don't want to feed you anymore. They're not necessarily saying, and also, could you leave? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to go on, go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, definitely not. Yeah. So it's, it is, it's an interesting article um, and certainly one that should be discussed, I think, especially uh, among breeders um, mm-hmm. and buyers, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. if it helps, I mean, geez, if, if it helps dogs not have issues like separation anxiety, then, you know, mm-hmm. we, need to, we need to look at it more closely. Right. We need more right. studies. We need more studies. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I wish studies didn't take so long to yeah. conduct, like because this would need to be a longitudinal study because mm. they would have to be following the puppies into adulthood, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I really wish I could remember that um, service dog one blog that I was listening. It wasn't a service dog blog, but in the blog they were talking about service dogs and and um, 
maternal caregiving and stuff like that mm. it was a while ago though. So I can't remember it. Um, but anyways, that type of thing where you're like, I know the studies are, are some of them might even be happening and we just what we just have to be patient. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So anyways, I do think that there will be more separation studies covering separation related behaviors because, mm. um, it just is a topic that, well, probably I'm biased because, <laughs> because that's what I do. And so I see it everywhere. Um, but I do feel like it's become, especially after the pandemic, I do feel like it's become more recognized, um, by pet parents as, as something to look for and be aware of. Mm, mm, for sure. Cool. So, right. anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to Tales from the Doghouse, Separation Anxiety Explained. I am Ness Jones. You can and I am Stacey on... Bell. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, I jumped the gun. That's okay. You can find me on nessjones.com. I am Stacey Bell with Focus Fun in the US. You can find me at focusfun.net. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yep. If you're watching on YouTube. Yep. Very good. Thanks for joining us today. Bye. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.